You may spend every day driving the same boring roads, going to the same bar with the same people, shopping at the same grocery store where you know all the employees and their families, waving good morning at the same neighbors you grew up with and now work with, and on the drive home, you daydream of leaving, going somewhere exciting, somewhere you don't know anyone. And if the town is perfect enough, you may even think of disappearing. This is the story of Atsumi Yoshikubo. Hello, everybody, and welcome to True Crime Banter, the podcast aimed at bringing you your dose of murder relaxation. So just sit back and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome. That's a hard welcome to another episode of the True Crime Banter Podcast. How's everybody doing tonight? Good. Me Uh, too. Oh, great. Yeah, that's so good to hear from you guys. I mean, it's it's so weird talking to nobody right right Mm -hmm. now. Hello, everyone. Um, We're back. Yep. Again. Another episode. Another episode that you will be covering tonight. Yep. But before finally, we do, my time to shine. Finally, yeah, you, you just haven't had any time to shine at <laughs> all, especially in that last bothered. episode, not at all. So, um, I've got some bit of banter for us. Yes. And we're gonna begin with some shout outs because I got three shout outs. Uh, first mm-hmm. shout out is from Adriana or Adriana. Okay. Zero two nine six. She or he. I'm assuming she okay. uh, left a review on Apple Podcasts saying, oh. I'm a fan. Five-star review. Oh, okay. Uh, she says, I've listened to all of season one, and I really love it. I love the new cover plus new intro song, which we're just Just vibing to. You guys do a really good job, smiley face. Aww. One of my new favorite podcasts. Oh. So, Adriana, Adriana, <laughs> let us know how you pronounce it, but thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the review. Also, he, she, they, sure. whatever you go by, um, love you already. Let's yeah. be friends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Follow us Hit on Instagram and uh, send us a message. Me- yeah. message. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Christian will reply. Reply. Reply to the message. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, next shout out is for is from YouTube, from anyone from sixth four five one. Okay. Just simply states, I really like your intro music. Oh, another one. The new one. The new one or the yes. old one? Okay, yeah. cool. Well, actually, no. I think this one might have been on the old one. Okay. But we're not, we're gonna, Either way. We're you know, I forgot that a little bit ago I told you and we agreed that we should read the bad reviews as well and all the bad comments because I want to hear everything and just get it out there, you know? I agree. And so for a second, I got really excited when you were like, oh, I have shout outs. And then I thought, wait, these could be, I'll be bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then you were rethinking what you wanted to questionable. do. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, this it's good last, so far. Good so yeah, far. This last third shout out, not a bad one. Okay. In fact, it is also from YouTube from the latest episode of Skylar Knees. Ooh. And it says, y'all ladies should sing <laughs> Sasa Yego from Attack on Titan, which I think is like an anime. <laughs> 
says, you have okay. voices of gold and would nail it. Oh. Also, if you just posted this <laughs> and you aren't them, it's okay. But it is us. Mushroom. Oh. oh, my gosh. That's so funny. I have to yeah. tell my sister that. And if you oh guys don't my know God. exactly what it is, I posted a uh, a quick little video of you singing eye to eye from a goofy movie. Me and my sister. Yes. Yeah. And and your brother joined in for a little yeah. bit there. but It wasn't exactly his generation, but he tried. I think he, he got a little nervous. I think he did too. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that's not the full bit of banter though, because for today's bit of banter, I've got some music for you to listen to. (gasps) We haven't done this in so long. It's been a while. And, and this one usually, I believe the rules are like, we want to play like the first five seconds of the song to see if you can figure it out. Do you have a timer or something? No, but I changed it up this time. Okay. And I'm just going to play like either a phrase Okay. Or a word or like a sound from the song. So that's perfect because I thought you were going to read it and no. that was going to be really hard. Okay. True. No, At least no. I have something to uh, off And of. I told you before going into this that I'm afraid these might be too easy for you. So well, we'll see. We'll see. I doubt it. Well, here we are. Let's uh, let's get the first song okay. underway. How many are there? Five. Okay. Right. And this one, the first two are going to be from before we were born. <laughs> Great. All right. Kay. Here's your first song. To his tonic oh, come on. Piano Man, Billy Joel. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did See? you start off with an easy one on purpose? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think the ones from okay. before we were born are going to be a little easy because, I don't know, I know you really like that generation. Yeah. So yeah. I like the I'm, older stuff. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. So a nice right, little warm well, up. Here okay. We go. Okay. This one's also I'm try from. Try not to get too cocky here. Actually, should I even tell you if this no, one is just, from? No, just play okay. it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Why not? Let's do... We'll do this one. Okay. Okay, Whitney Houston. And song name is... I want to dance with somebody? I think so. All right, yeah. two for two. Two points. For sec- I, that's like her, like, that's like the Iconic one of the biggest one. ones, right? And so I was like, I didn't want to just like jump the gun, but I'm glad I was right. Okay. Yeah, yeah you okay, got good. it. All right, this one... <laughs> Let's see. I'll be interested if you can guess this one. Let's go, girls. Shania Twain, of course, right? Okay. What's the song name, though? It's either Man, comma, I Feel Like a Woman, or I Feel Like a Woman. All right. Well, I'll give you another point. Man, apostrophe. Or no, no, apostrophe. Comma. Exclamation point. Oh, okay. I Feel Like a Woman. I okay. think. I don't know. But okay. you are correct. I wasn't sure. Yeah. This isn't exactly your genre. No, but it was my like childhood-ish. Like it was played everywhere when I was yeah. 90s, baby, I guess. Yeah, yeah, even I knew. I was like, okay. Yeah. All right. Here's another one for you. Okay. You're three for three so far. Okay. So let's see if you can uh, clean sweep it. You got two left. Oh, God. Okay. The box or box? Who it is, it's like, is it like Terry something or Roddich? Okay, something? I'll give you, I'm going to give you half a Roddy point. Roddy Roddich? Oh, Roddy, Roddy Rich. Rich. Fuck. Yes. Okay. I'll give you half a yeah. point. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. You know, the only reason I know this is because I was in um, aesthetic school. Okay. And yeah. my whole class was all young people. And I was like one of the oldest, not the oldest right. for sure, but there was like older women in like their 50s and stuff in there too but like everyone was pretty much 19 to 20 to 21 and they would always listen to this kind of stuff and like 
yeah, Pop Smoke and stuff. That's the only reason okay. I know who these people are. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know a song from Pop Smoke, so you got me beat there. Okay. I will say that song makes me definitely think of like just before COVID happened. Because that's like when it Yeah, that's off. about right. And I remember yeah, yeah. like when like all the shutdowns started happening yeah. and I was like, yeah, I don't outdoors. mind it. It's kind of funky. Yeah, it's a good It's good nothing rhythm. I would reach for, but I don't mind it. No, yeah, yeah. it's got a good rhythm. Yeah. All right, well, okay. let's see if you can go five for five. We got the last song here, and <laughs> so I'm a big fan of this that. one. I'm okay. a big fan of this one. I bet you are. Okay, um, Third Eye Blind. Okay. Right? Um, What's the name of the song? What is this one? Oh, God. You're going to get four and a half or five? It's not Wonderwall, is it? No, no, that's different. That's, that's my wonder. I mean, very, yeah, that's a, <laughs> of the same genre, it's same era. It's of the era, same, like, whiny same boys. Same year, I think. Wish, but it's, I wish you would step back from the ledge, my okay, friend. But yeah. what is the song? Jumper. Jumper. Not <laughs> 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 <Mad at> myself. <laughs> all right, all right. With how often we listen to this, <laughs> to I'm so, furious. So right often. If, if people don't know, there is a my, scene in Workaholics where they play that song, and it is it might be my favorite like TV scene of all time. Yeah, the uh, episode the first time is Fochella, by the way. Right. Yeah, and so the go first watch. time I saw that scene, I, I was dying. Also, shout out. If anybody listens to Workaholics, let's fucking yes, chat. Please, message let us, us please. Please. Yeah. So yeah, cool. Okay, well you got four and a half points. Yeah, I'll you take almost, it. You almost got there. And yeah. I, see, I knew it. I knew it was going to be too easy. That's okay. I think I said that the very first time. I we think what this you need game. to do is you need to add like let's just say like out of seven or ten songs, we'll add like a little bit more, and then do like super random. Do like fifties. Okay. Yeah. Do we'll music think about that came it. out last week that I would never fucking guess. All right. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll discuss. Yeah. We'll see because we'll convene later. Apparently, you're really good at this stuff. So. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for the, yeah. the bit of banter. If you guys want to be shouted out, feel free. Yeah. Leave a review. Follow Leave a us. review. Uh, even if it's bad, we'll read it. Yeah. We're going to read it. Reviews. And that means like on, uh, I think, Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. Google Podcasts, I think allows reviews. Yeah. Spotify just, well, I'm, I mean, like ratings. Yeah. It's just Spotify. Also, so. too, if you message me to save some time and because we. By the time I message somebody back, we may be recording that day and you may not get back to me in time. If you message us on Instagram, just put in there like, feel free to use this kind of thing. Like when you message like, hey, you guys mentioned a thing, blah, blah, blah. I also have that thing or do that thing, whatever you're talking about. Also, feel free to use this in your banter. Just say it right out and then I'll know. And if not, whatever. Yeah, Yeah. we'll screenshot it right then and there. So, All right. Well, let's go ahead. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy Mm -hmm. that. And let's get in today's case. Of Atsumi Yoshikubo. Nailed it. <laughs> Yellowknife is a city in the Northwest Territories in Canada. It's a very small town, and if you drove through, would remind you of any small icy town that survives on trades, like lumber and fishing, and is indeed one of those towns where everyone knows each other, like we often hear. Every year, though, this boring little town gets a big boom of tourism when people travel from all over to view the Aurora Borealis, also known as the Northern Lights. If you don't know what that is, go look it up real quick and come back. 
among the crowds that flock to view the lights are primarily a large number of Japanese tourists that come in big groups and go on tours together, eat together, and stay in the same lodge together. What you usually don't see is a young Japanese woman traveling alone. But that's exactly what Atsumi Yoshikubo was doing on October 19, 2014. Atsumi had been in Yellowknife for only a few days when she decided to explore the local visitor center and asked the front desk about tours for the upcoming light show. She was a young doctor, so this vacation away was going to be a fun little reset before heading back to Japan. Unfortunately, Atsumi didn't know that visiting during October was just a tad too early, and almost all tours aren't active until the winter months. Video footage shows her entering the building, all dressed up in a pink puffer coat and pink hat, looking around and most likely trying to find someone to help her. Once she realized the tours weren't running, she left and went to a little art gallery down the road. Here, video footage shows Atsumi talking and laughing with people at the check stand, where she politely asked them to wrap up two coffee mugs for her that she had purchased. What she did the rest of the day is unknown, but what we do know is three days later, Atsumi is seen leaving her hotel at 9.15 a.m. on foot, once again dressed in her pink parka and pink hat and scarf. Carrie Reel, a local woman who actually worked in law enforcement, was running back home to grab something on her way to work when she passed by, who she now knows later as Atsumi. Carrie said it was not hard at all to notice the woman because she was dressed head to toe in bright pink and she was very pretty. Carrie said she briefly thought about turning around to offer her a ride or help because it was so cold out, but Atsumi looked very bundled up and content, so she traveled on. She did find it odd, though, that she was walking alongside a long road heading out of town by herself. Another eyewitness, Sonia Daigle, was a Northern Lights tour guide but was actually in training, so her and a couple other people were practicing their driving route when she spotted Atsumi as well. She stuck out because of her bright pink outfit. But Sonia found it weird that Atsumi was headed down a long road that basically led nowhere. Being a local, Sonia knew where there was really nothing down the road that Atsumi was on except a trash dump. Atsumi was seen with the camera though, so maybe she wanted pictures and was just exploring the area. Both witnesses took note, but never reported the walking woman. And with that, life resumed. Until... I'm Juanita Taylor. RCMP and Yellowknife are looking for a missing tourist from Japan. Atsumi Yoshikubo has shoulder-length black hair and brown eyes. She's approximately 5 feet 2 inches tall and weighs about 100 pounds. Anyone with information is asked to call Yellowknife RCMP or Crime Stoppers. So she went missing. Mm-hmm. Atsumi's family and friends hadn't heard from her for a couple days back home, and they started to worry. She also missed her checkout time at the hotel and never showed for her flight. They called local Yellowknife authorities, and almost immediately, a search began. A missing woman traveling alone from another country was not something they saw every day, and if they knew she had already been missing for a couple days, any time they had left was running out. 
Carrie Real, the eyewitness driving to work who spotted her, heard about the disappearance on the local radio and knew she had to phone the police. This gave the authorities a decent timeline and location to start at. Carrie did a small interview for the local Yellowknife paper and speaks about how she dealt with and currently still deals with massive regrets. She said since then, she's never doubted that little voice in her head. Quote, If I ever come across that scenario again in my life, there is no doubt I will stop and try to help. End quote. And I saw a video of her and you can see like she's super sad. Like in her eyes, you can see it. Like she just spaces out for a bit when she's talking about it. It's really sad. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, another case we covered where a little boy, not a little boy, but teenage boy in Germany. I can't, I'm blanking on the name right now. Tristan Brubeck? Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And there was eyewitnesses of him with a stranger in the yeah. park at the bus or train station. Yeah. And it's kind of like people knew of him. Right. But it's a little too or too little too late, I guess. Of course, yeah. At this point, there was a few theories going around. Most people were hopeful, thinking maybe she got lost and had found some kind of shelter. But the vast, empty land surrounding Yellowknife didn't really provide a lot of areas to sleep or stay out of the cold. Some thought she accepted a ride from someone and had been kidnapped, but hopefully still alive. Some thought she found herself wandering off the path and got hurt and maybe was somewhere and needed help. Human trafficking wasn't unheard of in this area as well, so some thought that possible too. At this point, they just needed eyes in the air and on foot searching anywhere they could. Back home in Japan, the story had completely blown up overnight. Her family spoke with Japanese media about feeling helpless and stuck when she was so far away. Yellowknife media was sending all the footage they could back to Japan to share over there. Meanwhile, searchers expanded their areas of search until all leads were exhausted. Two weeks in, the search was called off. Local media said she was presumed dead at this point. It was now a body recovery mission. The lead investigator, Eleanor Sturko, gave a press statement telling people, quote, Our investigation has determined that she arrived in Yellowknife with the plan to go into the wilderness alone and become a missing person and that she took steps to avoid being found, end quote. Hmm. What do you think about that? That's, I mean, what would steps to avoid being found mean? Uh, granted, right. this is in a environment that I don't know about, really. Mm-hmm. You know, in northern North America, like very... It basically be, looks like Alaska yeah. up there, yeah. I don't know if there's common things that when someone goes missing, you would look for or are typically found you know, whether it's footsteps or um i guess let's just and you know items left behind right what kind of steps would be taken to cover up being found like going off i mean this is all stuff that everyone was asking too yeah yeah like where what maybe things like leaving your phone at the hotel or something you know, something like Maybe. that, where like no one yeah. can get a hold of and you. And what or year did this take place? 2014. Again? Yeah. Okay. 2014. Yeah. So that's very recent. So yeah, it wouldn't be. Yeah. But granted, if is there self coverage out there? You know, right. I don't. Yeah. If there's no self coverage, she's probably got her own personal camera to take photos with, yeah. or something like that. So yeah, I mean, I would like to know: Do they cover or go into these 
you know, steps to not be found. Right. Per se. Right. Well, we'll get into that. Ooh. So the statement that the police department released that I just read basically caused a shit show. And nobody even knew what that meant. What does okay. that even mean? Right. Everyone was like, what? So you purposely made yourself go missing? Why? And why like this? Why in Yellowknife so far from home? Yeah. Why buy the mugs then from the gift shop? So everyone was like, what? What are you even talking about? Local reporters even felt weird about even speaking about it on TV because they didn't even thought it like think that it made sense. Um, but also, what should they believe? Like, there's nothing you can really go off of if the police right. aren't telling you anything. But also, it's really... Unless it's, like, a public safety concern, it's really, like, not your business. Like, just because you want to know doesn't mean you deserve to know. Yeah, you don't, yeah. You're not, you don't have a right, right to know. Someone else who wasn't sure what to believe was Atsumi's brother. He stated he was hearing more about her case from the media than from investigators. Someone came forward during this time and told investigators that Atsumi had written them a letter, and in that letter she had mentioned suicide. Atsumi's brother said nobody will tell him who she wrote that letter to or what the suicide was mentioned about, like how it was even talked about in the letter. He didn't believe her actions leading up to her disappearance matched that of someone with suicidal thoughts or intentions. During this time, the public was in a state of confusion. Once this mystery letter had come forward, it seemed as though the whole investigation just came to a stop. They wouldn't tell anyone why they thought it was a suicide or what led them to that decision, and now with the whole department going quiet, what was there to do? Was the letter ever released? Well, we'll get into that. Okay. Back home in Japan, Atsumi's family was trying to live their life as normal as possible, even with all these lingering questions. The family wasn't exactly a tight-knit group, so they weren't sure what to think or even where to start. Atsumi's brother was interviewed for a documentary and really shed some light on who this missing woman was or who he thought she was. Growing up, Atsumi was a quiet and studious girl. She was always reading and had a small group of girls that she hung out with. One of her friends said, quote, She didn't mind the sight of blood. We thought she would be a doctor like her dad. End quote. After high school, Atsumi left her small countryside town to go to medical school where she became a psychiatrist. She moved back home and worked in the same building as her father, where she saw patients for a little while until one day she just wasn't there anymore. She moved to a couple cities, only staying a short while, before moving to another city and another clinic. It's said that she left some of these jobs so soon because of, quote, differences in management, end quote, whatever that means. Hmm. During this time, Atsumi wasn't in contact with her family much, except her mother, who she was always close with. There's quite a bit of mystery surrounding her upbringing, but all her brother has really said was, quote, My brother and my sister and I were all raised very different, so we all turned out different, end quote. Hatsumi eventually moved to Tokyo, a much bigger city and faster-paced life than her little hillside town. She ended up dating a member of a band that she liked and moving in with them for a bit. Her brother said, Nobody even knew that she moved to Tokyo until one day she was just gone. This seems to be a pattern with Atsumi. She kept to herself and didn't tell anyone what she was doing or planning. She couldn't seem to sit still for too long. What's really sad about this whole thing, besides the fact that she's missing, 
is that she seemed to be so sweet and kind wherever she went, but nobody truly knew the real her. Even her family. So when she went missing, nobody knew where to start or who to talk to. In this research, a suicidologist, which I didn't even know was a thing, somebody who studies suicide. I mean, I'm sure there's... I didn't. There's yeah, a thing for everything yeah. nowadays. And I would have like never even guessed. So when they said that, I was like, "Whoa, that's a thing." That's just, just like a specialist in yeah. suicide. But something I didn't really think about is that there's cultural differences in suicide and how it's viewed. Okay. And yeah. how people accept it, and why people do it, and the methods. And it didn't even occur to me until doing this case. I was like, "Wow." There's a whole field on this. That's Yeah, I mean, yeah. especially her being, she's Japanese, you said? Yeah. There isn't that where that suicide forest exists. So I'm going to get into that. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. People are saying, why would you travel so far to take your own life? Why not in Japan? Why do it like that? Well, he explains that in Japan, suicide isn't viewed as a sin or something bad. You know, there's exceptions to this, but overall, right, yeah. it's viewed as a solution to someone's suffering. There's a suicide force in Japan that is a popular spot for people to go and take their own life, quietly and away from the world. The concept of walking out into nature and being at peace before ending your pain is something common and understood. So the fact that Atsumi possibly walked out into nature and ended her life really isn't that impossible according to their history. Another doctor countered the argument that Atsumi was cheery and happy on CC footage with the locals that she met before disappearing. He stated in medical school, one of the first things they learn is, quote, beware the smiling depressant, end quote, for they have already made up their mind about dying. They're happy because peace is coming soon at their own hand. This, of course, is just another way of looking at all of this. The narrative has been, there's no way she could have done this. Why like this? Well, why not? It's unusual, but not impossible. Right. A year after she was last seen alive, the case came alive once more when a second search for Atsumi's remains was underway. The town of Yellowknife was shocked, thinking this case was never going to resurface. At the same time, the town was hopeful that finally there would be closure for her family, at least having some part of her, hopefully. August 31st, 2015. Human remains were located just north of Yellowknife. While DNA confirmation was months away, the pink jacket and other pink clothing items found near the bones were confirmed to belong to Atsumi. At this point, it was basically confirmed in everyone's mind. It wasn't until the following April 2016 that an actual confirmation came to the public and Atsumi's family that the bones were hers. The coroner that worked on her bones determined there was no evidence of foul play. With her remains found and seemingly no foul play at hand, the details of her case were finally made public. Going back to that mysterious letter that we were talking about earlier, the contents of them were finally revealed. Not everything, but at least the part about suicide. Okay. Quote, It was her wish to die in the wilderness north of Yellowknife. In the letter, Miss Yoshikubo disclosed health issues 
and repeated job loss as factors in her decision to commit suicide, end quote. Even with some type of closure, if you want to call it that, investigators, coroner, and the public had so many questions. Sure, you've found some remnants of her, but with no evidence of anything, how can you really know what happened to her? Did an animal find her? Did she have a more elaborate plan, but perhaps she got hurt and died from exposure instead? And if she did get the chance to follow through with her plan, how did she even do it? As far as reports go, there's nothing about a rope being found on the body or anywhere near it, no gunshot wounds or anything. Maybe she took some type of sleeping pills and let the elements do the rest. One thing everyone agreed on, though, is that there will never be any answers. We will never know the truth. In her belongings, Atsumi had written a letter. A letter stating how beautiful Canada was and how she never wanted to leave. And if her body was ever found, keep her there. Bury her there. And that's exactly what the town of Yellowknife did. They gave a final home to a woman most of them never actually met. A final home to a woman who, unbeknownst to them, traveled from far away from a big, busy city full of everything you could ever think of and chose to spend her last days on Earth in their little town, wandering around, buying coffee mugs, visiting gift shops, all while knowing these are the last things she will lay her eyes on. Perhaps the doctor was right. Beware the smiling depressant. is the story of Atsumi Yoshikubo. I got some weird vibes okay. during this one. Yes. Um, you kind of actually mentioned it as you were researching it, that it was almost not more personal for you, but maybe mm. you felt something during your research a little bit more yeah. than like you were expecting to because yeah. you knew of the case, but... Yeah. To I, I really guess. just I remember hearing about this one. I think Crime Junkie did it a while ago. Okay. And I was like, okay, all I remembered was I mean, it's already a case that sticks out because this woman travels from far away and goes missing by herself. Yeah. And she's it's not like some young girl who ran away. It's like a doctor. She planned this trip and she went out there and she was doing very normal things and then she just like started walking on a busy road into nowhere and it just wasn't seen again yeah and i was like that's fucking weird obviously it's weird but all the things around it were so odd and the more that i think the natural thing to do is suspect foul play because that's where your mind goes as you try to find a solution yeah it must have been someone that did something to her it couldn't have been herself because we would never do this so we think she would right. never do this yeah, because it's so obscure. Because the answer, yeah. if it is suicide, yeah. suicide is typically, in our culture, yeah. something that you just do. You get it done. You and do, over right? With. And it's like, oh, they must have been like super sad, or I would have never guessed, or, and that's one of the things that the suicidologist guys was talking about. He was Japanese. He was from Japan. Okay. He was just talking about how like over there, he said it's usually an American thing to like, and I don't think he meant it like this. So I hope people don't take a personal. 
like if you go watch it you'll see he was like not mean about it but he said it's more of a show over here right it's like done in the home or whatever but he said over over there it's not like as sad or anything like it is sad but it's but you're doing it for yourself it's for it's a thing yeah they're like wow they must have been really sad and they just like want to be away from everything and don't want to like put it on anyone so they just like disappear into the forest yeah 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 one of the things when you um were talking about i guess the the announcements that the police were making about this about how uh they suspect it to be a suicide the note i guess makes sense if it mentions it and she's gone missing yeah i was gonna say though if this is canada right they also don't have the same like japanese culture of honoring during your suicide so i was gonna say it's kind of weird that they would assume suicide without um something more pointing towards it but yeah the note i guess yeah my opinion does when the whole thing was going on, they they just said, we found a note and then basically called off the search. So a lot of people that were interviewed about this case were, it almost came off as like they had suspicions okay. about the investigation, not so much her because all it was mentioned, but also from the investigative st- standpoint, they can't tell you anything. Yeah. Yeah. So all they can say is we found a letter that mentions it and we think and she... And that's kind of what we're leaning towards. Yeah. The, yeah. I will say one of the... the um, almost like I don't want to say confusion throughout or the questions that arise throughout the entire situation reminds me a lot of the Elisa Lamb story mm-hmm. where it's foreign you know person right. travels far away and yeah. all of a sudden goes missing right and with her situation with like her tumblr blog and stuff it was like kind of ominous was it suicide was she planning this all along or um, yeah you know that's the a whole only, different situation the only thing i would say is really different about that but obviously besides the circumstances is that the video footage from elisa lamb Adds shows her being questions. erratic yes versus the where she's so normal which is why right. people were even more confused yeah i'm not gonna say it's more expected in the elisa lamb one i get what you're saying but it's you're it's like oh she's questions. acting weird sure. no wonder something ended up like being weird and happening yeah. Like, I who mean, knows what she was involved in versus Atsumi was, like, talking to the check stand people or she was shown laughing and making jokes and everyone that they interviewed was, like, she was so sweet and so kind. Yeah, but I think, granted, again, different situation, the weird part of this story would be the fact that she's walking down basically a dead-end road to right. nothing. Not yeah. during Northern Lights yeah. end of the year. And they, oh, the second witness, Sonia, said that she had her camera and her camera was not found. Not anywhere that I could mention. Okay. I could see it. So that's also weird. Yeah. And also, you know, we're always going to have the question of how she did it because there's only so many ways yeah. oh, you in can the, do in the it out there. Like yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean... You know, I kind of put myself in the situation of the witnesses who saw her. Yeah. And we talk about it too. Like your your dad is a person that his way to spend time is kind of explore. Yeah. Take the dirt road that probably leads to nowhere, but he yeah. doesn't know where. He doesn't care. He and just goes, yeah. yeah grand, you know, he's a guy, so he's got different, uh, right. not motives, but ability yeah. to without being yeah. afraid. But maybe that could be what she's doing. You know, maybe she likes that stuff or, and, and something did happen out there that we know, don't know about. Right. Um, and that's what people were saying was like, okay, even if she was suicidal, like you don't know 
that she went out there to do that. She could have been suicidal and planned to do this when she got back home. Something could have happened yeah. to her when she was out there. And then people were saying, okay, you found a letter, but when was this from? Was this 10 years ago? True. Who did she yeah. even write it to? Was it a letter that she wrote? She was it a diary it entry? Was it for herself? Exactly. But then you get some type of closure at the end when you find out that she has a note in her luggage stating, I want to die okay. here and or keep me here bury me here i want to die in the wilderness of yellow like it's very stated out yeah yeah and i think that's where my conclusion to this or my opinion to the the conclusion is it should probably did yeah um obviously it's different than what most people would do in our culture but uh, and then you find out about her having such a sketchy job history yeah and she like wrote off basically her whole family and no one was in contact with her. She just kept moving around. She couldn't hold down a job or a relationship. And maybe she didn't care about their relationship, whatever. Yeah. But as far as job goes, she couldn't hold anything down. Yeah. It, and it then feels you, weird. As someone... Sorry, go ahead. No, go, continue. I was going to say, as someone who's so smart, and then you go to Yellowknife and you're looking for light tours, but it doesn't start till december november like yeah if you yeah. think you would have yeah if you're going up, there for the yeah. northern lights then it, and maybe clearly she went a time there of the year. she wanted to see that before she died and she just like was so focused on the whole plan of dying out there that she just didn't even think about that yeah she just knew it's getting closer to winter and how sad is that that maybe that's what she wanted to see before she died and she couldn't i don't know yeah yeah and that's one of the things that that psychiatrist said, the same guy that said, beware the smiling depressant. People will look back and say they were so happy and they were fine. And because, but that's because they have that relief. They had made up their mind. Yeah, yeah. That they knew it was going to be gone soon. So things like buying coffee mugs make sense to them because why not? It's not like a why. It's a why not thing mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. And that's what I was kind of telling you before we started recording was I, I really just thought this was like a some accident happened or something and then I'm like oh like what a sad but also like kind of weird thing to like you just kind of go about your life in your town and Yellowknife if you go look up pictures is so small and sorry shout out Yellowknife but so boring it's the littlest stinkiest town and to think that somebody is planning and just thinks it's so beautiful and amazing and that's she could have flown anywhere in the world and that's where she chose to spend her last day that's what is the crappiest little town that's what i was gonna kind of get to was you brought up the point about how it wasn't northern lights season per se um but when we looked up photos of this town and this area um and obviously when the northern lights are going on it's it's crazy yeah like I said it would be wild to be able to see this in person like at least once yeah and it's it's kind of the photos that you see online it's just nature you don't think of it as like a town it's mostly like people in tents yeah going there specifically for this like event right so it's really it's almost beautiful to see yeah but yeah when you break it down to like just the town right nothing yeah. Nothing great to talk about. Right. Unless it is that season. And But it's also kind of like Alaska where if you can appreciate nothing, 
that's what it is. It's perfect. It's, it's wide open spaces, bald eagles, bears. Yeah, and I, I was just gonna say it's mountains, water, beautiful. Untu- yeah. It's untouched. Besides the town, it's everything's untouched. Yeah, and people find a lot of beauty in that. Yeah, and I don't want to like sound cheesy. Yeah, but it's almost like hauntingly beautiful yeah. the way that she goes. If yeah. this is the you know how I'm, I'm viewing it, yeah, that that's is how she chose to go out. Yeah, and it's kind of like, I mean, could you pick a better way if that's your yeah. your viewpoint on life? Like if you can yeah. appreciate, like you're saying, this rinky dink town. Yeah out in the middle of nowhere yeah that's where you choose to go and then you can yeah. peacefully hopefully go yeah one of those doctors too mentioned um the idea of her leaving her own country to do something like this when they do have that like suicide forest over there um he mentioned like she was somebody who like cut people out of her life she didn't really have any friends um, she would have relationships and cut them off and then she didn't talk to any of her family at one point. I know I said she was close to her mom, but then eventually she cut her off too. So she had some things going on that she didn't share with anybody, which yeah. there's some kind of sad irony there because she's a psychiatrist, you know, right. it's kind of this yeah. weird. Um, and they said that she's somebody who cuts things out like that. They don't want to be a part of anything. They don't want to be a part of a family, a relationship or whatever. And that could explain too why she left her job so often. She won't be a part of anything. And mm-hmm. eventually when you work with people, you kind of be close to them, you know, things like that. And how he mentioned she might just want to be divorced from her culture entirely. So leaving the actual country would be like the ultimate I'm done here kind of thing. And yeah, I just, that's the part that really got me was I'm looking at this picture of yellow knife. And I'm like, ugh, I would never like even go there yeah like it's yeah you're ugh. not gonna waste your time no let alone to like no. make your mark there yeah and sorry shout out yellow knife you guys seem cool and all but i'm like no i would never like take a vacation there except to see the lights right yep. that's obviously amazing it's one of the only places you can view the lights at that time of year anyway is in yellow knife so i get it but it's just so like you said haunting that mm-hmm. word that this woman who had money and a good job and that's where you're going to do it. Yeah. It's almost That's like it was where. intentional. Almost, yeah. The fact I mean, yeah. that it wasn't during that season too. Like she yeah. wanted to almost be yeah. there alone in that nature yeah. with her own appreciation for it. And not I, just for the light. Yeah. And the vibe I get from watching the couple documentaries about this is when they interview the people and they take you through the streets and stuff is these people have to be dreaming of something other than this. Like they may live there and they may work there, but you have to think like they sit there maybe at dinner time or something or when they're at their steel mill job or whatever that yeah, they're I'm like, sure. yeah, I would love to go somewhere else. And All right. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. That's been another episode of the True Crime Banter Podcast. I hope yeah. you guys enjoyed it. If you did, feel free to follow us on Instagram if uh, there's anything you want to I don't know, talk about, mention, is there anything you want to, um... I don't think so. No, just hit me up, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, is there anything you want to end the, the... No. I guess that's discussing it with. No, I think, though, because this, um, just, like, some other things, like, uh, crimes against children and stuff, is some of this stuff can be triggering to people, stuff that deals with sexual assault and everything. I know True Crime Podcast, in general, 
can be triggering, but some people don't mind certain aspects. Some yeah. people will go on to these cases and don't mind hearing about like robberies and home invasions and stuff. But as soon as you mention sexual assault or something, it's like or that's suicide. not or suicide. That's what I'm saying is that yeah. they didn't sign up for that kind of thing. So there will be warnings on this one as well. And also I think it will be helpful to have like the suicide hotline, I think on these kinds of things, which is what I hear other people do. And I think it's a really good idea. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we'll put that, all that stuff in there and yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, mm. like I said, it's been another episode. We will talk to you guys next time. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye.